Chapter Five of My Trip Abroad by Charlie Chaplin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five. I arrive in London. London. There are familiar buildings. This is thrilling. The same buildings. They have not altered. I expected that England would be altered. It isn't. It's the same. The same as I left it, in spite of the war. I see no change, not even in the manner of the people. There's Dalton's potteries. And look, there's the Queen's head. Public houses that my cousin used to own. I pointed out to him decidedly, but he reminds me that he has a much better place now. Now we are coming into the cut. Can it be true? I can see two or three familiar stores. This train is going too fast. I want more time with these discoveries. I find my emotions almost too much for me. I have more sentiment about the buildings than I have the people. The recognition of these localities. There is a lump rising in my throat from somewhere. It is something inexplicable. They are all there, thank God. If I could only be alone with it all, with it as it is, and with it as I would people it with ghosts of yesterday. I wish these people weren't in the compartment. I am afraid of my emotions. The dear old cut. We are getting into it now here we are there are all conceivable kinds of noises whistles etc crowds throngs lined up on the platforms here comes a police sergeant looking for a culprit he looks straight at me good lord i am going to be arrested but no he smiles a shout there he is Previous to this, we had made resolutions. Don't forget, we are to all lock arms. No block, my cousin, Robinson, Garrity, and myself. Immediately I get out of the train, however, we somehow get disorganized, and our campaign maneuver is lost. Policemen take me by each arm. There are motion picture men, still camera men. I see a sign announcing that motion pictures of my trip on board ship will be shown that night at a picture theater. That dogged photographer of the boat must have gotten something in spite of me. I am walking along quite the center of things. I feel like royalty. I find I am smiling, a regular smile. I distinguish distant faces among those who crowd about me. There are voices at the end of the platform. Here he is. He is there. He is. That's him. My step is lightning gay. I am enjoying each moment. I am in Waterloo Station, London. The policemen are very excited. It is going to be a terrible ordeal for them. Thousands are outside. This also thrills me. Everything is beyond my expectations. 
i revel in it secretly they all stop to applaud as i come to the gate some of them say well done charlie i wonder if they mean my present stunt between the bobbies it is too much for me what have i done i feel like a cricketer who has made a hundred and is going to the stand there is real warm affection do i deserve even a part of it a young girl rushes out breaks the line makes one leap and smothers me with a kiss thank god she is pretty there seem to be others ready to follow her and i find myself hesitating a bit on my way it is a signal the barriers are broken they are coming on all sides policemen are elbowing and pushing girls are shrieking charlie charlie there he is good luck to you charlie god bless you old men old women girls boys all in one excited thrill my friends are missing we are fighting our way through the crowd i do not mind it at all i am being carried on the crest of a wave everybody is working but me there seems to be no effort i am enjoying it lovely eventually we get through to the street it is worse here hooray here he is good luck charlie well done charlie god bless you god love you good luck charlie bells are ringing handkerchiefs are waving some are raising their hats i have lost mine i am bewildered at a loss wondering where it is all leading to but i don't care i love to stay in it suddenly there is a terrific crash various currents of the crowd are battling against one another i find that now i am concerned about my friends where's tom where's so-and-so where's carl where's my cousin i'm asking it all aloud on all sides of anyone who will listen to me i am answered with smiles i am being pushed towards an automobile where's my cousin another push policemen on all sides i am pushed and lifted and almost dumped into the limousine my hat is thrown in behind me there are three policemen on each side of the car standing on the running board i can't get out they are telling the chauffeur to drive on he seems to be driving right over the people occasionally a head a smiling face a hand a hat flashes by the door of the car i ask and keep asking where's my cousin but i regain myself straighten my clothes cool off a bit and look round there is a perfect stranger in the limousine with me i seem to take him for granted for the moment he is also cut up and bleeding evidently he is somebody he must be on the schedule to do something he looks bewildered and confused i say well 
i have missed my cousin well i have missed my cousin he says i beg your pardon do you know where we are going i ask he says no well what are you doing who are you i sputter no one in particular he answers i have been pushed in here against my will i think it was the second time you cried for your cousin one of the cops picked me but i don't believe there is any relationship we laugh that helps we pull up and he is politely let off at the corner as quickly as possible he is shut out crowds are around on both sides raising their hats english fashion as though they were meeting a lady the mounted police leave us i am left alone with my thoughts if i could only do something solve the unemployment problem or make some grand gesture in answer to all this i look through the window in the back of the car there are a string of taxis following behind in the lead seated on top of the cab is a young and pretty girl all dressed in scarlet she is waving to me as she chases what a picture she makes i think what good fun it would be to get on top of the cab with her and race around through the country i feel like doing something big what an opportunity for a politician to say something and do something big i never felt such affection we are going down york road i see placards charlie arrives crowds standing on the corner all lined up along my way to the hotel i am beginning to wonder what it's all about am feeling a bit reflective after all thinking over what i have done it has not been very much nothing to call forth all this shoulder arms was pretty good perhaps but all this clamor over a moving picture actor now we are passing over westminster bridge there are double-decked street cars there's one marked kennington i want to get out and get on it i want to go to kennington the bridge is so small i always thought it was much wider we are held up by traffic the driver tells the bobby that charlie chaplin is inside there is a change in the expression of the cop on your way by this time the policemen have dropped off the side of the car and are on their way back once more i am a private citizen i am just a bit sad at this being a celebrity has its nice points there is an auto with a motion picture camera on top of it photographing our car i tell the driver to put down the top why didn't we do this before i wanted to let the people see it seemed a shame to hide in this way i wanted to be seen there are little crowds on the street corners again 
ah yes and big ben it looks so small now it was so big before i went away we are turning up the haymarket people are looking and waving from their windows i wave back crowded streets we are nearing the ritz where i am to stop the crowds are much denser here i am at a loss i don't know what to do what to say i stand up i wave and bow at them smile at them and go through the motions of shaking hands using my hands should i say something can i say anything i feel the genuineness of it all a real warmth it is very touching this is almost too much for me i am afraid i am going to make a scene i stand up the crowd comes to a hush it is attentive they see i am about to say something i am surprised at my own voice i can hear it it is quite clear and distinct saying something about its being a great moment etc but tame and stupid as it is they like it there is a hooray good boy charlie now the problem is how am i going to get out of this the police are there pushing and shoving people aside to make way but they are outnumbered there are motion picture cameras cameras on the steps the crowds close in then i step out they close in i am still smiling i try to think of something useful learned from my experience at the new york opening of the three musketeers but i am not much help to my comrades then as we approach the tide comes in toward the gates of the hotel they have been kept locked to prevent the crowd from demolishing the building i can see one intrepid motion picture camera fan at the door as the crowd starts to swarm he begins to edge in and starts grinding his camera frantically as he is lifted into the whirlpool of humanity but he keeps turning and his camera and himself are gradually turned up to the sky and his lens is registering nothing but clouds as he goes down turning the most honorable fall a cameraman can have to go down grinding i wonder if he really got any pictures in some way my body has been pushed carried lifted and projected into the hotel i can assure you that through no action of mine was this accomplished i am immediately introduced to some english noblemen the air is electric i feel now i am free everybody is smiling everybody is interested i am shown to a suite of rooms i like the hotel lobby it is grand i am raced to my room there are bouquets of flowers from two or three english friends whom i had forgotten there are cards i want to welcome them all do not mind in the least am out for the whole day of it the crowds are outside 
the manager presents himself everything has been spread to make my stay as happy as possible the crowd outside is cheering what is the thing to do i had better go to the window i raise my hands again i pantomime shake hands with myself throw them kisses i see a bouquet of roses in the room i grab it and start tossing the flowers into the crowd there is a mad scramble for the souvenirs in a moment the chief of police bursts into my room uh, please mr chaplin it is very fine but don't throw anything you will cause an accident they will be crushed and killed anything but that don't throw anything if you don't mind kindly refrain from throwing anything excitedly he repeats this message over and over again of course i don't mind the flowers are all gone anyway but i am theatrically concerned ah oh, really i am so sorry has anything happened i feel that everything is all right the rest of my friends arrive all bruised and cut up now that the excitement has died down what are we going to do for no reason at all we order a meal nobody is hungry i want to get out again wish i could i feel that everybody ought to leave immediately i want to be alone i want to get out and escape from all crowds i want to get over london over to kennington all by myself i want to see some familiar sights here baskets of fruit keep pouring in fresh bouquets presents trays full of cards some of them titles some well-known names all paying their respects now i am muddled i don't know what to do first there is too much waiting i have too much of a choice but i must get over to kennington and today i am nervous overstrung and tense crowds are still outside i must go again and bow and wave my hands i am used to it i am doing it mechanically it has no effect lunch is ordered for everybody newspaper men are outside visitors are outside i tell carl to get them to put it off until tomorrow he tells them that i am tired need a rest for them to call tomorrow and they will be given an interview the bishop of something presents his compliments he is in the room when i arrive i can't hear what he is saying i say yes i shall be delighted we sit down to lunch what a crowd there is eating with me i am not quite sure i know them all everybody is making plans for me this infuriates me my cousin tom garrity no block would i spend two or three days in the country and get a rest no i don't want to rest will you see somebody 
I don't want to see anybody. I want to be left entirely alone. I've just got to have my whim. I make a pretense at lunch. I whisper to Carl, you explain everything to them. Tell them that I am going out immediately after lunch. I am merely taking the lunch to discipline myself. I look out the window. The crowds are still there. What a problem. How am I going to get out without being recognized? Shall I openly suggest going out so I can get away? I hate disappointing them, but I must go out. Tom Garrity, Donald Crisp, and myself suggest taking a walk. I do not tell them my plans, merely suggest taking a walk. We go through the back way and escape. I am sure that everything is all right and that no one will recognize me. I cannot stand the strain any longer. I tell Donald and Tom, they really must leave me alone. I want to be alone and I want to visit alone. They understand. Tom is a good sort and so is Donald. I do not want to ride, but just for a quicker means of getting away, I call a taxicab. I tell him to drive to Lambeth. He is a good driver and an old one. He has not recognized me, thank heaven, but he is going too fast. I tell him to drive slower, to take his time. I sit back now. I am passing Westminster Bridge again. I see it better. Things are more familiar. On the other side is the new London County Council building. They have been building it for years. They started it before I left. The Westminster Road has become more dilapidated, but perhaps it is because I am riding in an automobile. I used to travel across it another way. It doesn't seem so long ago, either. My God, look! Under the bridge! There's the old blind man. I stop the driver and drive back. We pull up outside Canterbury. You wait there. Or do you want me to pay you off? He will wait. I walk back. There he is. The same old figure, the same old blind man I used to see as a child of five, with the same old earmuffs, with his back against the wall, and the same stream of greasy water trickling down the stone behind his back. The same old clothes, a bit greener with age the irregular blush of whiskers colored almost in a rainbow array, but with a dirty gray predominant. What a symbol from which to count the years that I have been away. A little more green to his clothes, a bit more gray in his matted beard. He has the same stark look in his eyes that used to make me sick as a child. Everything exactly the same only a bit more dilapidated. No, there is a change. The dirty little mat, 
for the unhealthy-looking pup with the watery eyes that used to be with him that is gone i would like to hear the story of the missing pup did its passing make much difference to the lonely derelict was its ending a tragic one dramatic or had it passed out naturally the old man is laboriously reading the same chapter from his old greasy and bethumbed embossed bible his lips move but silently as his fingers travel over the letters i wonder if he gets comfort there or does he need comfort to me it is all too horrible he is the personification of poverty at its worst sunk in that inertia that comes of lost hope it is too terrible end of chapter five